I personally do not like the controllers for PS4. I don't like PlayStation controllers. It's the inferior controller, in my opinion. I think nice. the Nintendo Switch controller is the superior oh, okay. one. And then the second best one is uh, Xbox. And then after that is PS4 because it's the least uh, effective one. I don't like the way that the joysticks are positioned. I have to like really awkwardly hold yeah, my hand in I don't order know. to... The, the Switch game controllers, you have the two, you know... Like they make everything kind of opposite for the left versus right hand, so you have one uh, joystick up here and one way down here. Joystick on the top and then the D-pad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good for when you switch it's, it's to universality. You know, only using one half of the joystick, and then your hands get all cramped. Um, the only thing that I can complain about with the Switch is that the shape of the actual controllers, like when you when you go. Click into the the device. It's just kind of a strange shape. It would be better if they could modify it to be a little bit more of like a professional, like traditional game console uh, mm. controller. Because um, I'm so comfortable with Xbox controllers at this point that that's the one that I'm I'm accustomed to. So Switch was an easy transition. PS4. I I never got a PS3. I kind of just hopped into it. And I'm just like, eh. Hmm. Eh. I don't know. Also. I thought that there was going to be a lot more PlayStation exclusives that was going to be, like, way more desirable to play. Yeah. And here I am just being like, there's not that much. I just want a PS5 so I can play Spider-Man 2. Uh, my PS4 <laughs> you is don't. my Final Fantasy VII Remake machine. I'm actually really looking forward to playing that. No, I, um, like, I want to play Ghost of Tsushima, God of War. They're both PlayStation exclusives. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um... I'm just a PlayStation guy. I stick with PlayStation. Okay. You look like a PlayStation. I'm, guy. I'm not like a PlayStation Hello, I am master Mr. PlayStation kind of guy. guy. Like, to be honest, Xbox and PlayStation are both them like ninety seven percent the same specs. Mm. Mm, like, what do you mean by specs? Like the like the hardware. Hardware, yeah. There's not a massive amount of difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going dis to disagree with that. I think that the biggest difference is the controllers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, I have Xbox on my laptop now, <clears throat> and it has a high enough quality video card and RAM that I might just play video games on there from now on. I'll get a PC when I have like a job that can like I can justify paying yeah. for it. Yeah. Have you seen Henry Cable uh, build his computer? Yeah, I have. Sean, aren't you just supposed I to love steal him. things from your work? Like they they just account for shrinkage from the employees. Yeah, but like we don't really have PCs and like. We don't have good stuff I can steal. Yeah. What do you what do you sell? He works at like a Walmart. It's a supermarket. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's not like a Walmart, is it? I've never been to a Walmart, so I couldn't comment. Uh it's really sad. A lot of the people that end up going in there Do you have look departments? Like Define departments. Like you might have a home you know, like clothing. We've got clothing. We've got like Video food. Games, we've got books, like the toys. Hardware. We used to sell. Yeah, we've got toys and books. <clears throat> we don't sell video games anymore, just because we merged with like another store. So we've got like a smaller store inside our store. It sounds like a Freddy's. It sounds like yeah. a Fred Meyer's. I don't know. Do you have a McDonald's yeah. in the front? No. Some some supermarkets do have McDonald's in them, which is weird. The first time I went to that's one. That's basically a Walmart. Well, that's that's normal here. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have. Uh, did you have? Kmart's all the way out by you. Do you ever have a Kmart out by you, Tyler? 
Okay. Yeah, of course. I grew okay. up around Kmart's. They used to have Little Caesars Pizza in the... Uh, oh, right oh, next to it all the time. Inside of it, too. Dude. Uh, let me think here. Okay, well, you're from yeah. the Midwest, so you might not have this, but do you know Godfather's yeah. Pizza? Yeah, I got one up the street. Okay, bro, dude. It's 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 a weirdly specific it's so expensive. pizza chain. It, well, these days it is. Growing up, it wasn't for me, but I have a lot of fond memories with Godfather's yeah. Pizzas. You know? I used to walk in. They still have those old, like, red cups. You know what I mean? Like the, the, I've been in there, like, fantastic once, maybe things. twice. So, I'm from Spokane originally. Is that how you pronounce it? And that's it? on the... Uh, Spokane, yeah. I call it Spokompton because it's, it's got really bad gang activity now. Um, but it's really affordable to live because it's a fucking janky-ass little hole in Washington. It's in eastern Washington. And it connects right to Idaho. So, it's got Zips, Godfathers, and then Kmart's pretty much mm -hmm. just everywhere. And it's... I've noticed that those chains in specific tend to be around lower income areas usually yeah. unless there's like they a the suburb same thing about that, like, like Popeye's just been... chicken but we're getting one right by us we're not that mm, that tells yeah. me a lot about you your neighborhood's going to go downhill no, from I think here we're but... getting gentrified so they're like we got to be uh yeah probably we got to get the things that make it not look gentrified or something let's talk I don't know what it is about 7-Elevens so we bed. don't have 7-Elevens here oh fair enough what time is it for you uh 10 20. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we can You ever had Donato's pizza? No. Uh, thin crust pizza? Cut into squares? It's, uh, that's, that's, that's Dayton style that? pizza. Okay. Yeah. Dayton, Ohio? He's from Ohio, Tyler. I know that. I'm just, I was just thinking, like, did I miss Square, something here? Thin crust pizzas I don't know. with little rat turds on them. Timeless number one by Jed McKay. Kevin. Hang on, we haven't even had an introduction here. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay, for the sake of time here, we're going to stop talking about pizzas so with hungry. turds on them, and we can hop into it here. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. This is our comic book uh, club episode, if you've never been on the show before. I'm Tyler, that's Josh, that's Sean. Introduce yourself, boys. How you doing? I'm oh, Sean. Just as good as I was earlier, I guess. Press X what, what for Sean. We're, we we got to move back into our house because we were in danger of having carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh. What? Uh, Why? We had a guy out to service our furnace, and he puts the little thing in there to check the uh, flume, and he goes, well, this thing is full of carbon monoxide. It's going to start leaking any time. Wait a minute. Did, wasn't that supposed to happen last it month? It happened earlier in the month, and they came around and finally... We had to wait a week for them to come out and do the quote, and then they had to wait another week to come out and replace actually put in the new furnace sean we're just gonna wake up one day and josh is just gonna be dead from yeah. like really really strange circumstances i honestly gonna be like just assumed you were gonna be the first one out of us to die i am the oldest why me well, you've got black mold in your room <laughs> who doesn't have black oh mold? okay that's fair yeah and you know it actually you're also just a bit of a psycho and yeah and they, they I just say a lot of tragedies. If, if you were found on a toilet with a needle in your arm, I wouldn't even question it. I'd just be like, yep, that was Tyler, all right. There's 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 a very specific like list of things that I will never do. One of them is heroin. The other one is meth. Well, what, and the third one is Sean. Are you kidding me? No, he's my okay. type. I'm going to slap that belly anyway. while I fucking just like gargle down those... <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> 
Anyway, the tragedies come in three. So we Anyways. have our furnace, and then uh, we had a dog die. Actually, and then Betty White. Yeah, Mario you dog dies. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. That's somehow. actually sad. I'm yeah. sorry. No, he uh, he was epileptic. When, uh, so he had which a seizure one? And just never stopped. Oh, that sucks. I had a three-legged dog that had that exact yeah. same issue. Well, he's one of a litter. We Why couldn't it have been Tyler? It's, uh, my in-laws' dog, so we were staying over with the in-laws, in-laws, and it's happened while we were staying over there. We have his sister, uh, like, the only girl out of, like, the seven from that uh, brood. Nobody, none of the other dogs are like that. That sucks. It was just him. He's dumb. He's gone now. Well, well was he a purebred? No, That's a pretty normal they, thing they for were, purebreds. We don't even know. They found her mom in the woods and brought her home to try and locate where the dog should go. And they're like, oh, yeah, this dog's pregnant. So, oh, Pregante? Pregante. Pregnanonon. Pregnante? Yeah. <laughs> you understand. This is the same. Um, I'm pretty sure this is also the story of how Tyler was born. <laughs> they found his mom in the woods. I told you this. I wasn't born. I was <laughs> removed. He was excised. <laughs> Technically speaking, I was exorcised, but that's besides the point. He just came point. out Anyways. as a demon. Keanu just, ah! just like a mirror. <laughs> my mom always likes to talk about how I was the easiest birth because I was just removed. Yeah. My son was... Keanu uh, Reeves just like pulls him out, throws him out the window, and he gets hit by Shia LaBeouf in the taxi. Yeah. My son was born balls first. The doctor was like, I've never done that before. <laughs> That's a first. Yeah. What? He he was born in uh, pike position. He uh, he flipped himself, and so he came out basically. Uh, he he came out basically folded like this. Yeah, the police position. They were just like pulling him out oh. by his ass with balls first. Oh, well, you're gonna tell you're gonna tell people about oh, that. Yeah, like, that his entire that life. Asshole. We were we spent forty eight. Well, my wife, not me. I, I was just there for the ride. We. My wife spent 48 hours in labor before they were, like, you know, trying to <laughs> induce, and then he flipped, and it's like, well, we gotta do the C-section now. Motherfucker, we could've done that 48 yeah. hours ago. I I know. I love when guys tell stories of we're pregnant, the child's yeah. birth, and they, they, always say, they always say, we were in labor for this <laughs> Yeah, I corrected myself. And the wife, the wife just always gives them the dirtiest <laughs> of looks when they say yeah, that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Yeah. I went home to take a nap, and I'm I've like, no, noticed you gotta more come these back. days. We're doing the surgery. Yeah, you're like when you've been uh, asleep for like twenty minutes, and your phone's like, oh fuck's sake, really? <laughs> this fucking oh, God so it. And he was born. He he was supposed to be born on the fourth. He's born on the sixth, which is which is our anniversary. Ah, oh, that bastard. It means you didn't have so, to buy a gift that year, at least. <laughs> that's true. Here's your your son. Fuck it. Um. That's actually the same story, kind of like my birth, oh, except uh, I was my mother was in labor for. So this is interesting. So my well, it's not interesting, but anyways, it, my my mother was in labor for forty eight hours. Then the C section eventually happened, but for some reason, my dad just held in his pee the entire time. Like in forty eight hours, he did not pee because he was like afraid of missing something. So he's doing like the potty dance the entire time, and he's just like waiting for the C section to finally happen. And this is true. They cleaned me off, and my mother was like, oh, like, finally it's done. Hands me to my dad, and my dad goes, 
and he runs to the bathroom with me, and the f- that he just goes and pees the longest pee he with me, fresh new me. His penis. He was gone for so long. <laughs> fuck you. He was gone for so long that my mother was like, "Where the fuck is my kid? Find him now." I was gone for thirty minutes with my father because he took so long to pee, and he loves telling that story for whatever reason. Not as much as he likes to tell the story of how he in how he how he made me with my mother, which is just horrible. It has a lot to do with a boat and a white elk. Okay, that's enough awkward anyway, silence. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Transitions are hard. Welcome to the show. We're going to talk about some comic books right now. We're going to start off with Timeless Number 1, written by Jed McKay. He got both covers. No, this covers, is King though. the Conqueror you... Number 5, which also came out. Ah. It leads into it. So this is written by Jeff McKay. What's the Jeff McKay uh, on the back? Art bikes Kev Walker, Greg Land, and Mark Bigley. Which, nice. interesting combination, but it ended up working out. So, this is the story of a man named Petrov, Anatoly. who has written a book. Anatoly Petrov, who has written a book about Doom being the most influential supervillain of all time. And as he starts writing down this manuscript of uh, supervillainy and Doom's influence upon the world, uh, he is visited by King the Conqueror. For what is Kang has... if not ego persevering? Exactly. Yeah. I, I love this splash page right here. This... It, it's, good, it's, almost yeah. got, it's almost like a moving picture. Mm-hmm. That's good. We should probably mention that, um, oh god, what's his name? Joe Bennett was going to be on this before he was removed for being a piece yeah. of shit. We have a, we oh, have good. a few different artists in here. One of them did. Uh, well, yeah. three. Uh, shit, who was it? I think Mark Mark Bagley was the one who replaced Joe Bennett. Yeah. Uh, but this artist really? is. I think so. Uh, one that did the Compass book. That was basically produced by uh, Greg Rucker. By Greg Rucker. Yeah. Ah. I like so, his yeah, style. Kev Walker's it's a kind great of like Phil Hester. Yeah. I get. I guess maybe like some. Uh, Phil yeah. Hester Kev Walker's a great artist. Mike Mignola vibes. Yeah. Well, that has more to do with oh, the uh, shading, but I actually see what. Which one is Kev Walker? The first one, and then the uh, Greg Land shows up uh, like midway through, and then the last mm-hmm. one. So uh, Kev Walker does the stuff in the office at the beginning, as well uh-huh. as him fighting the mammoth. Caveman, yeah, with the mammoth, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Kev Walker's a great artist. Yeah, he looks. Yeah. He's got a cool style. It was more the um, him fighting the mammoth that reminds me of Phil Hester. Oh, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, well, Phil is, Hester uh, has a very specific style. This was so. by Justin yeah. Green- I don't think the Greenwood, stuff in the office so looks like him I'm though. I'm a fucking idiot. No, you're not. Yeah. I, I, I literally didn't know what you were talking about, so maybe I'm That's the fine. idiot, so there you go. Uh, yeah. When's the last time we saw Phil Hester? Superman? He did that two-issue story, didn't he? Oh, he's been on Justice League as well, with Bendis. Has he? Yeah, I haven't read it, okay. but that's, he's been on that. Hmm. Alright. I, um, I want to catch up on that just so I can read the Justice League Dark back up. So, do you think... I... That... Sorry. I was just going to say that I, I just kind of fell off of it, and I don't know if I really care about missing it. Anyways, so, go ahead. at the start, when we see Kang facing off against the... Is it a Mastodon? Mammoth. Or it might be a Mastodon. Yeah, I don't know. It's a Mastodon. Uh, but in 
the final issue of King the Conqueror, he talks about seeding all of time with different versions of Ravona Renslayer. And I'm wondering if this mm-hmm. lady that Anatoly is talking to is a version or iteration of Ravona, and maybe that's the reason that he's chosen this area at this time. Because it talks about mm, no reason. That would make it, sense. Anatoly talks about there's no reason to be here. It, this tribe is unremarkable. You know, it'll be great for them, but there's no reason to be here. Mm. She doesn't appear in this comic at all. No, but if that is like an iteration of her, that would make sense considering what we know about King the Conqueror 1 through 5 that we just yeah. had end. That makes sense. I'm curious about that, but there's no indication, no way of knowing other than if we go and ask these guys, maybe. I don't know. If you follow along the logic of what King the Conqueror's path is, it would make sense based on what you've said. I agree. I would say that that makes sense. What's more interesting to me is the part where he goes back in time with that, where he specifically says primitivism is the thing that has uh, enamored him the most when it comes to when it has come to flavor because the, either he's doing that as a performance of course to say like look how primal I am and how savage I am or he actually is that way and he is a person who desires carnage to that nth degree um, what I like about this though is that question of like how much of this is the performance or an excuse versus the actual personality of the character carries on throughout the entire issue. I think he's talking about being reduced to your most basic instincts. You know, he's trying to show that he is the best because I have that basic instinct of some sort. Everything's a challenge. He doesn't go looking for the easy route. He goes for the challenge. Yeah. Uh, I'll come back around. I that at think the that end. this is one of the better issues of Jed yeah. McKay. This this is a, it's a thick issue, uh, and I, it is. Yeah. It's a thick boy. Uh, I think this does a lot to add to the learning about the King mythos versus maybe the last couple episodes of King the Conqueror. Yeah, yeah. I think this had a very similar feel of like Kang walking through time talking to someone, but I think it did it better. Much better. Yeah. Well, that first issue of King the Conqueror was so good, and then mm. the rest of the series really just yeah. kind of let down. It wasn't bad, it just... Uh, it, just it wasn't as yeah. good as that so first one. So we get one. this uh, yeah. time quake uh, that we're yeah. trying to figure out the source of it, and we see all these different variations of different events coming and going. We see all these different flashes here of... Uh, I don't know if these are different events maybe, or things that we've seen before, or things that are yet to come? Um, I think one is Inferno, maybe? We've got the Superman Beyond stuff that's going not Superman Beyond, Spider-Man Beyond that's going on right now. Um, I'm not 100% yes, sure what's going to be read the, the line. While a son with no father finds a new home. Yes. The moon cracked in a great reckoning. Was that the Empire event? I think so. Yeah. Uh, do we know it? Uh, maybe the Punisher things, the Punisher comic that's coming. Punisher becoming a ninja. It's going to be coming out. Yeah. He yeah. no. He's he's going to be a member of the yeah. hand. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, the Spider-Man Beyond thing is weird to me because if Spider-Man Beyond has already been going on, that implies to me 
that this is going to suggest. Well, we, we've already that... got that Ben Riley series confirmed. That's true. By Jam Matthews. And maybe that's what they're talking about. I guess that makes sense. It just this is the DC Universe Rebirth one shot that's just showing you yeah. all the stuff that's coming, or Infinite Frontier. Kinda, yeah. And, uh, yeah, based or on the, like based on the ending, one, which we we'll get to yeah. in a minute, it is in the bottom right. Rebirth. Is this Jack of Hearts a little. or whatever his name is? Yeah. That, uh, bottom, bottom right. right? Uh, a heart right. once lost, thought lost beats anew. That was the guy that dies or is resurrected and then explodes in Avengers Disassembled, right? Yes, I believe so. Hmm. What uh, page is that? It's for two page spread with, uh, with page no, but what 15. page number? Uh, Fifteen. Yeah. Thank you. Um, is that what Jack of Hearts looks like? A version of him. I don't, I don't know. think so. That's why I ask you guys. You guys read a bit more of this stuff than I do. My mind automatically went I... to the Royal Flush Gang, but yeah, I know. PC. I have no fucking idea um, who that is. Yeah, he does typically have a heart of one eye, so that, is, that will be him. Okay. When did he die? And then just disassembled. Well, he was already dead. Before. Is half his face black as well? Yeah, that's him. He's oh, got like, yeah. He's got like a two-face thing going on, so it's him. Yep. Yeah. Good spot, Josh. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're completely right. Yep, 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 mm -hmm. yep, yep. But we're seeing all these different... Also, it looks like Bucky is killing yeah, a cat. Yeah, it does. Yep. I'm sure we could spend a lot of time. I on got a question: pages. Who actually cares about Jack of Hearts? Tom King. I didn't know. Tom I don't King, know. twelve issue mini Jack of Hearts. <laughs> Make you love him. God, seriously. What happens to what happens? To someone's mind when they die, get brought back to kill their friends, and die yeah. again. And then we'll have Tom King do uh, Calendar Man or something. Yeah, I would love Tom King doing Calendar Man. I actually would like that. Okay, as much as. I. Th what is it about Marvel and their C and D list heroes that they're just so bad and they make no sense? And meanwhile, DC's C and D list heroes make sense for the universe and are dramatically more likable. They don't make them. Pathetic. Marvel just like all of the kind of C and D Marvel suffers from throwing like... everything at the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, any C or Whereas D horrible like... guy is always kind of treated like, oh, he's just some sad sack of shit. Yeah, weird conflict issues. Oh, I have issues with authority. Oh, Mysterio, and that has been. more interesting he's about just, that character. You know, he's got his troubles. Yeah, as much as I like Kurt Busiek, I have to ask the question about those characters uh, in his Avengers run that eventually developed into the... Uh, um, Shit, what's the name of the comic that never came out because it was so cringe? Snowflake and Safe Space. Oh, New Warriors. New Warriors. There's a lot of the characters from the New Warriors are just ridiculous, mm. like realistically. What was the name of that kid? He was like a knight. He had a sword. Nobody cares Black about those knight? characters. They're not really No, Mar Black Knight it was actually mm. kind of cool. It just I, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Uh so anyway, we get some back and forth. Like the whole issue is basically back and forth between Anatoly and Kang. Uh, a couple of pages yeah. later, Kang is just like some exposition for you. Like, here, here's a quote for your book. You can quote me here. This will be a good yeah. line to put in your book. What's that flower symbol? We'll find out. Something about Dominion. 
Must be something familiar. Yeah. Um, I feel like this new god makes their throne. It looks like Iron Man's design, but with like vision. Maybe, but it looks almost like bioorganic or something. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's another version of Ultron, or. Uh, yeah, my mind immediately went to that. Yeah, he's got the circle. Like he's gonna be like Iron Man. Yeah. Maybe a new version of Ultron from Iron Man. This looks like a distant future off in the corner as well of uh, May Parker, yeah. Spider-Man, and what I must uh issue yeah shuri black panther i maybe i'm more honestly the biggest thing i'm curious about is this or is it stolen uh, black panther Ooh, maybe but I'm, I'm wondering about this or was at least was there's a dormammu thing going on in the top left corner and it looks like is that dormammu yes it is. it's dormammu and oh, sun okay. yeah. i thought that was another ultron thing I don't know. Anyway, let's but, move on I mean, from this page. Yeah. I feel like this we book also, is in one the next big... page, we have something that looks like another symbiote thing. We have a Ravencroft tease, and we also have Th uh, Thanos with the Infinity Mjolnir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which has been teased by Kate in several yes. things. So that's not a thing that's actually happened I mean, already? I... They've not done that? In Thor, the future, it has. Thor had a vision of the future, and he saw, as he puts it, death. And it's... Uh, Thanos holding Infinity Mjolnir with the Black Gauntlet and Marvel Zombies behind okay. him. Yeah. And it was one it's of the most the... badass as fuck pages I've ever seen. I thought seen. that was a thing that had already It is happened. badass. It's fucking cool. <clears throat> Thanos Wins was the, uh, the storyline yeah. that he wrote. Yeah. I need to read that. It's fucking badass. So we, we get to the real problem uh, a page or so later where it's a pirate timeline a timeline that is veered off course that is trying to hijack the main timeline. rejoin merge the, yeah yeah and kang of course assumes it's doom because who else would have the mm -hmm. ego and malevolence to do that yes and he finds a challenge a real good challenge and you can see just like yes we get there and smile on the eternals face. are dead yeah Battle, throw your subordinates I... away like they're nothing. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, we get there and it, it we see Doom's robes, Doom's mask, and he pulls the hood back and it's Reed Richards with the time and reality stone Ooh, in his I eyes. I think we've jumped ahead of it. This is such a cool scene. Because you've Well Have we get we? into the, the pirate timeline pirate timeline. And we see all of these Eternals that have been killed. Celestials. Celestials, sorry. Celestials. And uh, the spaceship, the Sword Dam Damocles. Damocles, yeah. was King's spaceship, or he hijacked it. Something about that actually kind of was weird to me, because I thought that that was going to insinuate more of like a King backstory with the sort of Damocles. Yeah, he calls it his ship. Like, clarification. My old flagship. Yeah, he ship. does, but it just yeah. It was... Yeah. The line where we... Okay, so we get to read, we see him, he's got the things in his eyes, but the thing that stood out to me was that he said he drank the blood of the Celestials. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. I really liked that. That whole scene, honestly, has been really good. That's the reason why I thought this issue was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, so Reed basically tells him about how he killed his Earth to save it. He forced his will on the timeline. He became Doom. Mm-hmm. And then him and Kang have a fight, and he is winning. Sorry, Doom, Doom Richards is winning. Mm-hmm. He's barely using then, his Mr. Fantastic powers except for one panel where he actually... Like one scene, yeah. As <laughs> you just yeah. smack the mic. But yeah, so Reed's like, I'm not going to beat you as a god, I'm going to beat you as a man because I'm better than you. Yeah. And while he's strangling him, Anatoly stabs him through the chest. Yeah, and this, this is... I, I believe this is the uh, hubris of king where he refuses to admit that he made a mistake he basically theorizes or rewrites his history to be like yes i predicted that you would do that i needed you here at this precise moment because that is the only way i could have won this battle like yeah which is some what i mentioned earlier but it's also something that is acknowledged following when anatoly is writing this down and asking those same questions which is awesome because i think that that is what you should do with king that makes sense and i'm not that familiar with king but based on what i've read that fits perfectly well with it and ultimately that's why i think this is one of the best issues jeb mckay's ever Mm -hmm. written like in comics yeah so one thing i will say is this was better than like incoming as far as like a Marvel, like, hey, here's everything yeah. coming out uh, yeah. in the future. And Marvel Incoming... 1000 as well. Yeah. yeah. The whole like, hey, here's a bunch of... This is a good way to frame it. Whatever reason for it's whatever. It's a good way to frame it. I mean, uh, yeah. Infinite Frontier, yeah. that would have been an interesting way to frame things like that. Of like, here are things that we've seen and mm-hmm. we have this outside force exerting influence. And maybe if we get rid of this outside force, things might not quite you, you come to You need that kind of soul wish. character focus. Like, yeah. When we had DC Rebirth, it was Wally West from outside the universe looking in. And then we had Wonder Woman. Um, Infinite Frontier, where it was Wonder Woman looking in. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then here we've got Kang looking in at this fractured timeline that's incoming. Yeah. It doesn't exactly focus yeah. on any one of those to give a preview, but it does kind of hint at a lot no. of stuff. Now, But yeah, we get to the last page when... Anatoly is back, and he says he had a vision, or he has one particular imprint left on his mind from all those timelines, and it is Miracle Man. The yeah. logo, yeah. Yeah. It's Which, not a Marvel problem. Uh, makes me ask the question. This makes me ask the question. Are they going to call him Miracle Man or Marvel Man? Um, because his original name was Marvel yeah, Man, and they I had to change it for American audiences. It'll be Miracle Man. Uh, I, there's a minor yeah, this... uh, Fantastic Four villain that was called Miracle Man as well, but it was Miracle Man with a space in between Miracle and Man. I looked this up earlier when I was trying to figure out who Miracle Man was. This oh. this is the ending of D- uh, DC Universe Rebirth, where you get to yep. the last page and it's Batman holding the comedian's button. Oh, yep, yeah. And, and now you now you've got another, get to see. Now you've got another yeah. Alan Moore creation. Alan Moore property. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Moore is turning in his grave right now. He's not in dead. In his live grave. The he, one that he sleeps he's, in every he's, night. He's got a coffin. grave dug and it's just got a mattress in there and he sleeps in there. He sleeps in the coffin. Yeah. He's like, this is the place I will be buried. So why not just start now? The coffin, the coffin is on a mattress yeah. in the grave. 
I picture it like this. And then uh, we get this Judgment Day is coming. And apparently this is yeah. the uh, Eternal... Which is what we talked yeah. about in the news episode. Yeah. Body Spray. Yeah, the new logo. Brought to you by Axe Body Spray. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you want to bet they're going to slip in an Axe ad? I would, I, would, I would die. I would die. I fucking love it. Uh, no, that's Old Spice, you Sorry. fuck. You're just saying the wrong song, you <laughs> fuck. I feel like there fuck. was an advertisement online Brand where loyalty. they got Mustafa... I can't think of his last name. To do an Axe Body Spray... Mufasa. Mufasa? Was it Mufasa? I thought his it was His name Mustafa. is Mufasa. His name is Just Mufasa. More jump. Anyway, let's do ratings. This is a good one. I really enjoyed this. Uh, what are you guys going to rate it? Seven. I think it was extremely good. I'm kidding. Good. I'm going to give it an eight. I, I think it's a little better than it that. It was an extremely solid step. Eight is a very good score. Uh, I mean, nine is a superior score, but... Nine is amazing, I, you know, and this issue wasn't amazing. I, I didn't quite notice that the art changed each time, but, you know, going back and rereading it at a time, you can see where different art styles come and go. Uh, I don't know why they didn't write down who did what pages. I know some other comics that'll do that. They did in the credits, I think. No, they didn't. No. Really? Yeah. It's Ew. odd, but... I don't like that. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was better than the last three issues of Kang the Conqueror. Uh, so I, I think this is definitely like uh, it. It's I'm not sure we had a idea that this was going to be like a preview of things to come. Thought this was more like a coda. I think it was solicited as that. Kind of. Um, but we had the Kang the Conqueror comic which is like a compendium of like what you need to know about Kang before he appears majorly in the mcu, in the MCU. Mm. and this is more of a here's what's coming in the comics universe for this year maybe yeah uh and i think it works good as a preview mm. just to give that little tease and not focus on the tease uh so i i think i'm somewhere around um, maybe like an eight and a half okay i think that i'm gonna sit at about an eight as well i agree that it was good but i definitely don't think that this was like an amazing There's, issue but i really enjoyed I it, it. I, it's not like i, I say it. that this is bad no not at all <clears throat> um i just found that i have to consider the fact that it's a solicitation issue that's building up and it's interesting yeah it's well written. i will give it that yeah it's very well written i thought it was very cool to have I would have preferred this over the majority of what I read for the Kang series. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what? I'll give it an 8.5, actually. I enjoyed it a lot more than, than just an 8. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's the most perfect thing I've ever read, but I enjoyed it considering there's a lot of comics out there right now that continuously... They're not what-ifs, but they may as, may as well be mm -hmm. to a degree. Here's a one shot that's just going to yeah. be like a fun little adventure. It's, it was it was a little it was a little uh, appetizer before yeah. the actual four course meal that's going to happen this year. That's fine. Mm. Yeah, uh, we can move on. Okay. Okay. Well, that takes on to Batman One Dark Knight by Jock, written and drawn just by just Jock. Yes. All Jock, all the time, always. Okay. My copy arrived damaged, so I need to try and get a refund for it and huh. send it back. Is this the uh, the corners like very buff? Very bent. 
Show it. Yeah. Uh, it's over there, and I can't pull it. Over so it off to go there. there. It's that one right on top that sort of hangs over. Yeah, the prestige see. format. Oh, it is prestige really bad, worldwide. No, nah, but the corner's prestige. like ripped a little. Yeah. And... Is this the yeah. first thing that Jock has written? He's. Uh, uh he... no. First notable thing he's written. Yeah, he's written something before. I can't remember what, though. I think he did, like, one issue of Batman Who Laughs or something. I can't remember. There's only so many issues of that. Mm, he drew the series. He didn't write it. No, I'm saying that I think that he did a uh, an issue of that. What was it? Fucking hell. Okay, his bibliography. I just pulled it up. Um, This is only showing his art, so I don't see anything for his writing credits. It's annoying. Oh, well. Um, yeah, he should stick to art. Ah! Savage Wolverine. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, issues 9 through 11, writer and artist. Yes, this issue tells the story of Batman transporting a super criminal to the prison. Mm -hmm. Who, I can't remember his name, is it Blackout? EMP. I don't know. Edward don't remember, don't M. Pressler, I think. Mm. So he's... So on the nose, I love it. Yeah. Okay, if this book's getting an extra point added onto it just for that name. <laughs> yeah. He was destined to um, become this. Yeah, and during the transport, um, people break him out, and EMP is now free on Gotham City, and he causes a city-wide blackout. They blackout. inadvertently break him out. They were trying to kill him. Ah. Should have just left him in prison. Yeah. I, uh, there are so many games. Yeah, um, Edward M. Pressler. Uh, he's a violent metahuman. Okay, uh, this map that we see that gives the route. Uh, I really like this map of Gotham. And I'm curious, since you guys have... Sean, I think you've played the Arkham Asylum or Arkham City games. Yes. Uh, how does this compare to the maps in the game? Not slightly. Not at all? Okay. Nope. Uh, yeah. I mean, stuff like Crime Alley, the Bowery, Burnley. Yeah, of course. It's always got the same sort they, of stuff, they use the but same they're always names. in different places. Yeah, this is kind yeah. of a very roundish Manhattan, I guess. Yeah. Um, I did like throughout this how we keep flashing back to, like, maps and stuff showing the route. Yeah. And uh, we get one at the start and one few... at the oh, end. Oh, did we? Oh, one at the start and one yeah. at the end. We I know have that more than sort once. of 3-peak M. And I'm not sure if that's supposed to signify, like, a fight or an issue going on. It's not very clear what that um, symbol means. Yeah, I don't know. Power lines, maybe? Yeah, well, there's more of them know. at yeah, the so... end on the second map. Yeah. No, I see that. <coughs> mm. But yeah, so Batman takes down the EMP, and he's got to run across... He has got to get him to the prison, Blackgate without getting attacked by the soldiers. And on the map, it's got all the different gangs marked and where they reside. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. This is very much uh, 16 blocks. Okay. Have you not seen that? I think I've heard of it, but if it was a thing, I haven't seen it in a long time. I liked it. I don't know that a lot of people are aware of it. It's a Bruce Willis film with uh, most deaf. I liked it. How long ago was that? 2000s? 2005? Okay. 2006? Yeah. So, we have this kid, Brody, I guess. 
that resonates with Edward, with uh, EMP, and EMP says his name, Brody. Like, he's got mm. some connection to this kid, and he just randomly runs by his apartment. But we see this kid resonate with him. His eyes glow the same as EMP. Interesting. I don't know what the connection is there. Yeah. Yeah. I think the general plot of this issue is very cool. Mm. The art's obviously great. Like, I think the story's a good idea. Batman having to being on his own, taking this criminal across the city on foot. I think it's a cool concept, but just actual execution I don't think was that good. Mm. No, I mean, I agree with what you said. This is He needs to stick to art because his yeah. writing is not very uh, good. Or, like, co-write something. I'm actually not that big a fan sure. of how he draws faces. The, the rest of the artwork is fantastic, but I'm not... It's stylized. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's his preference on how he does things yeah. when he's not doing an exact copy of a person. But these so. cityscapes that he does. Yeah. Gotham it's... without any of the light on. Where it's almost like an after image. Yeah. Uh, that scene where it was like super bright and then you get to it super dark. Yeah. All of these cityscapes yeah. And it's the same fantastic. buildings you're seeing. We yeah. have uh, the picture of uh, Gotham with the, the back jet glider overhead. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty great. It almost reminded me of the uh, Tom Hiddleston's Mike Huddleston from uh, yeah Mike Huddleston. Yeah, the cityscape in eighth because Hiddleston is Loki. Decorum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's lots of great minor details that you can you can barely yeah. notice. Um, the guys that had the rocket launcher that they fire at the convoy, it's very faint, but it's uh, it's got cop killer kind of spray painted on the side of it. Oh, yeah. Little details here and there really do make up some of the artistic choices. I agree. But at the same time, it, it's one of those I think the things dialogue that... Just... It just is so flat. Yeah. It's just not yeah. interesting well, I, to me. For, uh, yeah. I skimmed through it because Vasquez, I just got bored halfway through. It's almost like men writing women. Yeah. I Have you ever seen you the uh, subreddit Men Writing Women? Men Writing Women sub. Like, here's what I imagine a woman mm -hmm. would say for uh. something like this. Versus, like, it does. Mm. It feels like a guy is writing it versus, like, this is what... Like, it, half of it is Stephen King and half of it is Ian Fleming. Eh. Okay. Like, some of Stephen King's early work where he's talking about women, like, in Carrie... Where he's like describing her like naked in the locker room. Yeah. It's well, just I didn't want to go into well like written. describing women sexually, but it's just yeah. like the you know this is what I think a woman would say here. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean, mm. Josh. Anyway, um, I don't know. Like yeah, yeah. We we can praise his art all I... day, but. The writing's a little. I like weird. the pic the image where he's like jumping over the building. You see the bat signal on the building in the background. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I don't really know what else to talk about with it because there isn't anything to say yeah. at this point. And I mean, I'm not trying to shit on it, but I am just going to say that I just don't care about what's happening. I'm here. hoping the next care. issue will be a smaller oh, focus. Like, yeah, this is the one you're talking yeah, about. One. It almost looks like an homage to like yeah. the '90s Batman. 
A little bit, yeah. The this feels like style versus it, substance. It's like, yeah. And almost it it's almost like a nineties Batman kinda mixed with like thirty days of night, but it's not that rough. Yeah. I no, I know what you mean. I would I would agree with that. I this definitely has a 90s kind of feel to it. I mean, thank God it's not the Garth Ennis book that just came out, Reptilian. Oh, I thought you guys you know, liked that fuck. one. I didn't even nope. bother reading it. But Garth Ennis is not a good writer. I don't like reading anything of his, except for Preacher. Preacher was just funny because it's just so disturbingly weird, okay. but that's it. Uh, um, so do we move on to let's do ratings. ratings? Yeah, let's just get out of it. I'll give I'm, it a I'm done with this book. Six and a half. That low. I give it a five. Okay. I gave it the extra point because of the villain's name. Damn, I didn't think it was okay, fair enough. Because it, it was just cheesy enough. Six. I is, mean, it's not like I'm saying six I, is. I, I was gonna go with maybe like a seven two five seven and a half, but I just don't think that it's worth that much of it because ultimately it's just not telling me a story that I'm like captivated by. Where I'm yeah. going, man, I really uh, I can't wait like, for this next book. Well, man, I really like these. I feel characters. like this is a lot of setup for a second issue where the actual adventure begins where he's got to make it across town. Yeah. Uh, this is three issues? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Oversized three issues, so yeah, that makes sense. But, um, I'm probably going to pick up the yeah, next I don't know. I, I'm surprised you guys honestly wanted to talk about it because I just I mean, was like, I don't know. It was just a big number one this week. Like, yeah, that's fair. All right. We well, we don't get the on, next then. one until February. Yeah, February. Yeah, February? Since there's like a two-month gap between these books. Okay. Weird. Well, all right. Uh, next is Joy Division number two by Bendis and Steve Yeah, Burn. I just want to get some cover away. We keep saying Joy Division. It's Joy Operations. <laughs> Joy Division is a good Joy band. Well, you band. wrote Joy Division. Yeah. I keep making yeah. the mistake, and you guys yeah. keep following uh, I'm surprised you guys wanted yeah. to <laughs> talk about this issue. It's just mission I... two. It's very. We can talk about it briefly. It's this not is good. Bendis. Look, I'm gonna be the guy. I I I am a Bendis, Bendis fan. You know that. I, it's the meme at this point. I read everything that Bendis puts out, except for the Justice League stuff right now. But at this point, I'm kind of just like. Okay. Look, one thing I will say about this is I actually really like the the art. ease. The art is great, but I really liked the ease of understanding the world and the like families yeah. for everything yeah. i liked the way that that was Concept dealt. i should have written it down because it reminded me of something else the different groups it's easy to yeah oh i know exactly what you mean uh dune oh yeah dune uh, i see that i was gonna say something dumber than that but yeah dune oh okay um I don't know if I am captivated by this at this point, and I feel like spending two I knew exactly that this second issue now. was going to be this, you know, them fighting each other yeah. and no progress being made at all. She's got you've got to show her resisting. You know, somebody hijacks your brain. You got to resist, and we got to waste an entire yeah. issue on that. Yeah. I'm done with it that. doesn't make sense to me how this is transitioning this way because this is a filler a from an already filler yeah. first, and it's a six-issue miniseries. I think so. Is it? 
I thought it was announced as a just an ongoing right now. Oh, I could. Let me look up. Joy operation. Please do. Not division. Operation. Operation. There are things to like about it, kind of like what you said with Jock, but it's just cool concept, bad execution. If you are trying to sell me on a story, and cool. If you're trying to sell me on a story and you are spending the majority of that time having conversation that really doesn't do much to the plot, like, does it create a conflict for Joy and her boss? Sure. Does it have a setup for what the plot is? Sure. But ultimately, it feels more like an empty hand-holding... We are now almost halfway in and she's still pretending the voice in her head isn't real. Uh, yes, they, you need and to send some that, proof. Like, look this, at your screen on your computer. This is me, or something. Or some clarification. If you're only going to have the five issue series, it's the first then, arc. It's the I first mean, arc of this... the series. This is supposed to be a new sci-fi oh, okay, world okay. that anybody can operate in. You know, like the three worlds, three moons. They're going to have other people come in and. Oh, it's a concept universe yeah. kind of thing. Okay. The difference is, I'm going to go back to Powers, for example. When you have five to six issues building up a story arc, you're going to follow along, okay, well, the characters are going to go here, here's how they meet, here's the conflict, then they're going to go on this journey, and they're going to try to solve the thing. It's a riddle, it's a problem, it's a question, whatever. This is, someone has hacked her, hey, we need to save the world from your boss. Here's the proof. Okay, well, I'm in conflict with the voice in my head. That's interesting, but it's not enough of a captivation to make you go, that's a really good story or plot. And as much as I like Bendis Talk, all of this felt unnecessary to fill up 20 pages. You know? I like some of the dialogue choices that get handed by Bendis, because I personally like the way that it's written, but I acknowledge that this is... I don't know what the fuck. And for a first story arc, I don't know what to think. I mean, it's not as bad as Stillwater, but still. <coughs> Bless you. It was a cough, not a sneeze. Whatever. I just sort of turned to sort of do it away from the mic. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you still like it perfectly. <laughs> I turn away from the mic. Chocolate rain. Uh, if I, I don't know, man. have to um, say I like anything. The lettering, the speech bubbling, whatnot. I think they do a good job on that. Yeah. yeah. Let's do ratings. Six. Yeah. Six. Agreed. I don't think I'm going to pick up the next issue. Actually, wait. I'm obligated to give at least a half point because it's Bendis because I'm a you slut. 6.5. <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading anymore. I'm out. I'm, I'm probably yeah. fine with it. Well... Yeah, I'm probably out on it. Anyway, so we're going to move on to Righteous Thirst for Vengeance number three by Rick Reminder and Andre Lima Araujo. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this because this series is still confusing. I'm surprised you wanted to talk about this one. It's very uniquely written. <laughs> there wasn't that much to talk about in these last two weeks. Yeah. We took time off yeah. for the holiday and it, like, it's just like we come back to this. Come back um, to Eyes Wide Yeah, shut. like normally by an issue, by an issue two, yeah. I'm normally like, okay, this series is for me or isn't for me. This one, I still have no fucking clue if I like yeah. it or not. It's, I'm into it. It's good, but I've got no clue what the fuck is going on. See, I disagree. I feel like I really understand what's happening. Because he is. this character has made it very clear. 
this... in a single spe- sentence, I make people think, I let people think that I work for this guy. Yeah. And in actuality, I'm not. Yeah. The, very the last, like, thing. sort of five or six pages made it make sense. But, yeah, I was very lost for most of this issue. It was a lot... It, it's interesting that Remender is is choosing to do this, because this is not his usual MO. Yeah, like, you know? I read the first issue of Scumbag, and you said he writes like that in a lot of his stories. Where it's kind of this over-the-top, ridiculous kind of... Sometimes. It's not as yeah. dramatic as, like, Garth Ennis, obviously. But, at least with Scumbag, it's a parody of, like, this very specific type of person... That I loved. I love mm. Scumbag. It's fucking hilariously if, stupid, and I, I love that. If they don't get Benedict Wong to play this guy in the film adaptation, oh, oh dude, they've done something wrong. Like that's all I. Yeah, I, I or only TV show see adaptation. Benedict Wong here. I agree. So let me get one thing straight. This guy pretends to be killers so he can rescue these people and save them. Something like that. So it's. Yeah. Here's the. Here's. Here's the thing that made this very, very, very interesting to me is this either implies that he does work for the guy, but he doesn't fulfill the tasks, uh, or he has been creating a facade. No, now, the reason why I say that, pretending to be, I feel like he's um, still. The reason I say this. that. The reason I say that is because of the way his phone was hacked. Now he is in Canada, so he's trying to figure out a way to get a gun. He goes onto his phone, and then he, says, he gets hacked. He says. The man I was pretending to be is scheduled to be at your house in a few hours. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. there really is a blue jackal. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. But what I don't understand is why is he such a pussy? If this is something well, he's, he's not... been doing, like the first issue, he showed up and was like throwing up because someone dead was there. And I kind of think if this is your job, you would. But. That could have been his first case. Yeah, he, I don't know. Seems very this is it. what this tells me. This tells me that he's not. He's lost yeah, he's not somebody. He's to death. to get to somebody, or he wanted to help somebody yeah. and failed, and now he's trying to help others to redeem himself. You know, it's a righteous yeah. thirst for this vengeance. Series. True, it's right there in the title. It is. But yeah, this series has a lot of unanswered questions, and it's building a mystery quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to go have to track down the physicals of this because I really like this series. I've been really, I'm, I'm really happy I subscribed to this. I'm um, still not sure, but I'll keep reading it just to see what happens. I feel like it's. I think it's been very com- competently written. It's a very slow so burn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would work good. I mean, nice this is basically like pace. this is a script right here. This is like what Mark Miller does. Mm-hmm. Yeah is write a script out for them to, you know, make a TV show or movie out of. I think of all we've seen here, this is, you know, not even a half hour for each issue. I mean, four or five issues. The first issue would be an opening scene, because it's actually him on a bus yeah, against I mean, that's basically it. Like, each issue is, like, yeah. maybe two scenes. We had the short scene at the start, but this is basically two scenes right here could be 10 yeah. or 15 minutes for each issue. We have a whole movie at the end of the first arc or something. Yeah, and he's already cast the actor. Yeah. Nobody else looks like, you know, an actor I can think of right now, but a lot of work is done on our main... I think a lot of our time is spent drawing our main character compared to everybody else. Yeah. 
So I agree. I'm looking back on issue one, and the phone that he when he's looking at his phone, it says Andrew's accuser disappears. Right, he FBI did his research. Sex trafficking case yeah. open. Well, it's not just that, but I'm I'm assuming that's Prince Andrews, and he's going from Vancouver, BC, to somewhere much further north, uh, and. It's just interesting that they're choo- he's choosing this setting, he's choosing this theme, which makes me feel like it's choosing pol- political stories that's in the news now that is an issue, almost like an Epstein-ish kind of issue, and making a character try to serve justice in some form. So... This feels like one of those many-layered con- conspiracy stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just interesting. I don't know what to think of it, but yeah. I really like it. And French Polynesia is just out in the middle of nowhere Pacific Island between South America and New Zealand. It's middle of nowhere. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, so he kills this other guy, and... We know that this lady has a son that's still at the house. Mm-hmm. So they got to go back. And they need to go back and rescue her. But the the blue jackal is on his way, and they need to get in and get out before he arrives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's going to be a whole lot of tension in the next issue. Mm-hmm. Are they even able to get the car moving? Oh yeah, they do. How often do you crash a car directly head-on collision with a tree? And you get to go and just keep on moving. That's because he was going the speed limit because he's a responsible person. Not The airbags didn't even deploy. <laughs> Proves my point. Mm-hmm. They crashed at five miles an hour. Hmm. Um, is this supposed to be uh, five issues? This arc? I think this is I think this is ongoing. an ongoing. Jinx. Yeah. A righteous thirst for vengeance. Number. I really I like the subtleties in the art where they do let the scenes yes. breathe. Absolutely. Each panel informs the story. I think issue six is supposed to be like the origin story, based on the synopsis. Maybe like we'll go through okay. the first five issues. Oh, Jackal apparently. I, it's probably the guy we saw in the first issue. Ooh, maybe. That actually would be... That would kind of yeah. make sense, I right? guess our main character is named Sonny. Oh, you know what? I just uh, picked up on this. In issue two, he's looking at his letters, and he has a Vancouver Medical Lab's urgent test result, and he just tosses it oh, aside. You... So maybe he feels oh, like he's yeah. dying? And that's why he's making these. He could have this lost choice. somebody and a is picture. currently dying, so he's just like, "Well, I got nothing left to live for." Maybe there's a photo on his uh, apartment of a woman and a child holding up a fish. So that could be his wife and son. Yeah. Uh, it could be him when he was a kid. Maybe it's just like insinuating. It's insinuating family of some kind is uh, tied to this story yeah. somehow. Yeah. This, like I said, this. The art is very carefully done here. Yeah. 
in a way that every panel informs the story. There's not like needing to in a lot of series you get those panels where the scene Invincible made fun of, where it's like they just have the same panel to build suspense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas hey. this, every single panel adds something. It's to very the story. intentional. We need to... yeah, absolutely. And actually, it's interesting you say that because Josh was right. Uh, the worker, the guy who tortured those people, is in fact Blue Jackal. Issue mm. two, page eight. There, he accesses the dark web and looks at that job with those people in specific job status completed. Oh, right. Worker Blue yeah. Jackal, operator from Mayor Oak. Mm. Well, I don't know where Mayor Oak is. Not Professor Oak. Oh, I thought Mayor Oak was a location. Yeah, just one thing I do want to oh. mention is just that weird sex thing at the beginning. We kind of skipped yeah. over that. Well, I, I mentioned the French Polynesia. You mentioned French yeah. Polynesia, yeah. But this guy just like walks up to this girl with like a cage on her head and just pokes a coin in her mouth. Yeah. And she's like sucking his finger. It's very weird. Mm. And I assume this will get more explanation later on. He's the guy with the contract. Apparently this girl is running away from him. Yeah. Or trying to hide from him or something. He needs her dead. Mm. Um... You just have to infer a lot of information based on what we're seeing. Like, a lot of it's not spoken. Yeah. It's showing, not telling, which I like. Agreed. It definitely makes you pay a lot more attention. Oh, right, he goes and visits his mom in the uh, old folks' home. I forgot about that. I guess a lot of stuff does happen in this issue, in this comic. A lot of things are happening. It's just interesting that there's so much like detail you really have to pay attention yeah. to. So he te- pretends to take on the job as Blue Jackal, and that's what puts him into the events of this third issue. Well, he doesn't pretend this to take asshole. the job as Blue Jackal. Blue Jackal takes the job, but he just arrives early. It's weird that you can see... No, he is not Blue Jackal. I'm saying that yeah. he's pretending to be Blue Jackal. It's yeah, weird that he but can see they the say jobs that, the, that other people They say are that doing. the real Blue Jackal will be at, his, at her house in a few hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is weird. So he meets the guy in the alley, right? And the first thing he says to him after he shows him his piece is, Mayor Oak is my friend, oh, too. So it's a person. So... Mayor Oak, yeah, obviously. He's the operator that's hiring people. So maybe maybe he's the actual mayor, and he's hiring assassins or what have you. Yeah. Um, All right. You guys want to do... Uh, anyway, ratings. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 8.25. I really like it. Yeah. And it's given me a very different story to what I'm getting in a lot of other stuff. I feel like I'm on the fence about it until I, you know, read more issues. Like, I I like it, but I'm not sure if it's the story I'm going to like it once I read the end of it. Yeah. I I get that. I'm probably somewhere around like a 7.75. Uh, I'm at like a 9 for me right now. Bless you. Because I feel like there's so many layers to this, and it feels like Kubrickian in, to a certain extent, and I kind of like that. Especially because it's not really something I've seen a whole lot of in comics. Like, you'll occasionally get a silent issue here and there, not an entire yeah. series that is reliant on you just paying attention. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, this, I just really like this series. Let's move on to... Yeah. Action Comics Center? No, Venom. 
number three by Ram V and Brian Hitch. The both of them wrote this issue. Brian Hitch did art. Ram V wrote it. I thought Brian V was only going to be writing the Eddie Brock issues. That's weird. Who? You just Eddie said Brock. You just said Brian V. I said Ram V. Oh no, Ram V's doing Eddie. Not Eddie. Sorry, Dylan. And oh, Ewing is doing yeah, the Brock Ewing's issues, doing Brock. right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. This was a great issue. But yes. I do feel like that twist was a little early. Which twist? Sorry. I read this the, when it first the, came out and I've kind of forgotten bits of it. Oh, her being sure. evil. Yeah. Yeah, well, evil. It looks like she was yeah. kind of coerced into doing this at this point, but... Yeah. I don't know. I felt like that was a little... Yeah, because in this issue we get more of um, the... I don't remember her name. Archer, who was mm -hmm. uh, Eddie Brock's contact when he was doing, like, was it photography in war? Uh, yes. Something, yeah. War correspondences. Yeah. But yeah, Dylan... Which is cool. Dylan's scared of the symbiote. He's not bonding with it. Yeah. He trusts Scream he... a lot more. Is it Scream? Uh, the Sleeper. Sleeper, sorry. Okay. Too many symbiotes. It's hard to keep Way track. too many symbiotes, yeah. Um... It's interesting that he says the reason why he has an issue with the, the symbiote is he sees his father, which makes sense, yeah. but he clearly has bonded with the symbiote already, and at the end I think of he's the just, run, Maybe he's just kind of processing it, and he kind of blames the symbiote for not being there for Eddie. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm not opposed to this. I just don't think that this issue was as strong as the previous two issues. I, no, I feel like this was just kind of a piece to get us to somewhere. Mm -hmm. Although I will say this, the ending was very... The new characters that are villainous, very interesting to me. The way it ended, very interesting to yeah. me. Especially with the way that the symbiote has made itself into a cocoon. I do really of. like that. It's a very cool design. It feels like they're going to be doing a lot to these characters, and more specifically to the symbiote. <coughs> yeah. You know? It feels like it's going to be a, a new... And I don't I want... think I've said like the previous issues, but again, this, it really does feel like the <clears throat> next chapter of Kate's story. Yeah. It's not forgotten anything. It's taking that and... It's taking the baton and running with it. Yeah. Instead of just jumping into mm. a new thing, which is what Kate's did. Kate's <laughs> took the baton, threw it away... And then punch to the next piss on the floor. <laughs> um, and then put some cool shades on that are red. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like and then the other the runner punched him and broke the, and that's why <laughs> the visor's broken in the comic. Um, I definitely want to see what Al Ewing says about this, but I do. Al I gotta Ewing give it to is doing number five, I believe. Okay, cool. So it's going to be in arcs, do you think? Um, I think it's just going to be... I think it's going to alter every time. Mm. I think sometimes they do like two issues, sometimes we might do a full arc. I think it's going to be mm. very dependent on what they're doing with the story. Yeah. I'm still engaged with it. I definitely am still enjoying it. Yeah. I think that there is a lot that could be done with this. There's. I don't want what Bendis did with the Venom symbiote. I like the introduction of the Clintar, yeah. but I don't really like the whole Venom, like, universal space warrior thing. That was weird. Yeah. I think one thing I will say is, 
I feel like they had to do Dylan's story now because we're still in suspense of what happened to Eddie. So we've got to see the immediate grief and aftermath of him dying before we're like, oh, okay, he's here and this is how he survived. Hmm. I feel like they need yeah. it. They couldn't show us Eddie and then go back to Dylan's grief. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. So I feel like, depending how the story goes, that will depend on who we're focusing on for like a few issues or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't really have that much else to say no, about it. I'm, I'm still, still enjoying it, yeah, but like I said, really just weaker than the other two. I think Brian Hitch's art is better than some of the stuff he's done in recent years. It's still not uh, his best work yeah. I've seen from him, but it's better than it has been. What would you say is his best work? He, The issue of Hawkman he did during the Metal event was really good. It wasn't that good in the main yeah. series, but he did... Was it Hawkman Found? Which was written um, by Jeff Lemire. Yes. The artwork uh, in that issue was really good. Diddy, I think. He did the main series. I think Lemire did the one-shot. Maybe. I'll okay. go back and have a look. But there it was really clean, very vibrant. The line work was all very delicately done. Yeah. I really enjoyed what he did with uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, personally, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, we can do ratings. Yeah, I'm going to give it like an 8.25. No, I'm going to give it an 8. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was... Like, do I say that it's a B? Uh, it's definitely not a C. There's a reason I didn't it's give it the 8.25. It's not a perfect issue. But I still think it was very good, and I'm loving where the story's going. As an issue by itself, I'm going to agree with the 8, because I think that there were stronger points in the previous yeah. issues. So, yeah, totally fair. Okay, and that takes us on to Action Comics 1038 by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Miguel Menonca. I... Uh... Okay. Something I just want to kind of get out of the way is... <coughs> I loved this, and I read this, and by the end I'm like, this is the heart of Superman. But this is also literally Planet Hulk. Yeah. I thought about it. That did cross my mind. You know? I still wrong? think it's very well written. It is. where It's very well written. In fact, I would say it's probably better than Planet Hulk at this point right now. I haven't read Maybe Planet Hulk, but was Hulk there to rescue slaves? No, he was sent there by accident because the Illuminati didn't yeah, want him on Earth anymore. There. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. more and like then he the, was kidnapped uh, and put the into Supergirl the Gladiator arena. You guys are reading. What do you mean? Where Supergirl is sent to another planet and kind of trapped there. Like, she loses her powers, doesn't she? No, oh, she goes kind of intentionally to celebrate her birthday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. She just ends up in, like, an accidental adventure because of it. All right. Yeah. Um, so we get a name um, for this almost court jester of Mongol who is... His name's Katel. Oh, yeah, they didn't say that before, I, did they? None of these, like, sure real characters. But we can see a bunch of people I really like, like him that, you know, the people yeah. end up fighting. I like the designs of these new villains with Mongol, and I don't think I've ever seen Mongol have a staff like this before. And oh, really he's, Mongo, he's Mongol who is, not Mongol who was. Mongol who was, yeah. That's Mongol fair. who is is a team player. 
I I still feel like Kennedy Johnson understands what the heart of Superman is and is delivering that in a way. I just love the fantasy elements he's bringing in. Like he's taking what works in the last. Like we have. Uh, Steel and Omak, and Omak. they've both been given That's their chain the... links. Those chains, dude, the little details. Oh my god, was, man. Like, I love looking back at the Future State issue where all of them are in the crowd of their broken links. Yeah. Yeah. And, then... and I'm so ready for that to happen. I'm so ready for this new, like, big scorpion like looking dude. To eventually look at Superman and go, hmm, hope. Dude, when he wrote that symbol at the in the uh, sand. I actually was, was like, yeah, that was really good. <sighs> what do you guys know about Omak? <laughs> Not a whole lot. Omak is a weird creation that was made by Kirby, I believe, yeah. and has been an individual character in the far distant future, a creation of Batman as a surveillance system. Yeah. I mean, Omak is this weird so thing this now. Omak is. is this is going to be a weird question. Is Omak a guy or a girl? Yes. Because they, yes. they say him, but I thought Omak was a girl. I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I totally thought this entire time that they were just lesbians. Mm, so did I. Are um, we I wrong? Is this pink mohawk well, a dude? Maybe everybody else is insensitive to this, but... Several times they reference Omak as him or he. Maybe they're trans. Maybe I don't know. I just don't yeah, know anything would about the people them. on. Would the people on Warworld be that tolerant? Ah, uh, good point. Well, I mean, if you present, I mean, it's easy to say, "Hey, he." <coughs> you know oh, I what I mean? Your son is yeah. crying in the background. <laughs> One second. No, he is a male, I believe. Okay. Oh, gender fluid. Okay. They are a construct. They first appeared in... Oh, they first appeared in Superman and the Authority number three. Yeah. Very new. They are gender fluid, Tyler. Female body, but prefer the pronouns he, him. Okay. So I was right. Trans. Gender fluid. You're that's, so that's trans. Tyler, gender fluid, not trans. Stop That's being, trans. Stop being cis. That is trans. Stop being cis. You... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. All right, let's move on to uh, Superman um... meeting the uh, other Kryptons. The Felicians. Is it? Felicians. I love how Midnighters. Yeah, so he meets them and they kind of are just like, oh, you. Screw you, man. Yeah. yeah, you lost. These. You don't got a scrap of metal on you. Yeah, they've been like brainwashed and not brainwashed, but Stockholm manipulated. Yeah, Stockholm syndrome. That's it. It's if you raise people in a culture to believe that this is well, this honorable. is the only thing yeah. that matters. Of course. Yeah. Is war, conflict, and surviving, and and appeasing this god who has enslaved you. Yeah, it's it's literally just it's it's how religions dominate most worlds is they just raise in, them in the culture yeah. into believing that it's normal. But yeah, we have Midnight still loose on the run, and he goes to break Superman out, and Superman's like, "I'm not coming. I'm staying here to fight with them." 
And this is <laughs> a really good point Midnight brings up. He says, um, we risked everything to come up here with you, Blue. They didn't risk anything. They're here by choice. Like, you gave us your big line about hope and we followed you. Mm-hmm. You lied to us and you're not going to help us get home. Yeah. Do you really think their lives are worth more to you than ours? And Superman says, no, but they're not Not, not more, but not less. Yeah. Yeah, Superman basically doomed these people by bringing them here, and I like how it's addressing that yeah. in the story. And meanwhile, he has, but it's also that he sees literally everyone on the same grounds. He sees even people who are horrible, evil. Yeah, as but he basically on lied. The same field. He's, he lied to these people to get them to follow him on his mission. Did he lie to the team, or did he just think he was going to be able to make his he way probably, through? He probably thought. I think he thought he was going to be able to win, but. In hindsight, he led them on a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with him being depowered and yeah. losing his strength. Like, Light Ray's already been killed. Yeah. But she'll be resurrected He's somehow. lost his powers. He, yeah. he even thinks that she'll be reborn or something. There's some lines in there. Well, yeah, it's because there was, he was... There was a tease in, in the so. final issue of Superman and the Authority. What was the tease? Where they... The, they find this... I can't remember exactly, but basically there was a prophecy that just said Light Ray is, which parodies Dark Side oh. is. Yeah. So people think that she's she's going to be like the anti Dark Side. Okay. Something. Yeah. It was a yeah. tease Grant Morrison threw in, and he said uh, they said there's no plan for it, but they included these little teasers that DC could again like grab the bat on and run with. But I think yeah. he uh, they work pretty closely with Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah. Uh, with that mini series and yeah. this story, so I think they had a plan. They have a combined plan for it. Yeah. These bars are comically large at some point, where it's like, oh, you could just crawl through these yeah. and be out. Yeah. Well, most of them probably could make an effort to challenge this. It's just a matter of not wanting to because they believe, mm-hmm. and they have been told that this is the way things are. Yeah, you know. It's the same reason why that that first Philosian, you know, didn't want the chains off. They wanted yeah. to kill Superman, and they, it's that the cultural differences. It's it's just culture shock. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Next issue is the one with Philip Kennedy Johnson on art. Yeah. Oh, not sorry, not Philip Kennedy Johnson. Ricardo Federici. Ah, ah. The artist from Last God. Do you think this is going to be? Yeah. Uh, is it just a one-off? Um, they're the ongoing artist. Oh, so it's switching to him. Yeah, they're so going to be taking over. If we take yeah. a step back to earlier in the issue, uh, Mongol says, I'll let you guys go. You can go, whatever. You just got to kill this guy, this guy that failed me, Kaljo. Yep. And, uh, you... Yeah, but instead Superman grabs the axe and cuts down Light Ray. Says, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Just says a goodbye to uh, Light Ray, Leo. And at the end, this guy who he... They ended up not killing him. He ended up just going back to his cell instead of Darkseid. Like, okay, I'll kill this guy myself. He says hope and writes the symbol for Superman. So you've got your first convert. Yeah. Yeah. This series continues to be one of the best I'm reading. Oh my god. Immensely. Every issue I'm blows so me away. And, yeah. Absolutely. It's certainly not the 90s Superman. Nope. No, oh, Jesus Christ. I loved this. This so would much be better I... if it was written by Dan Jurgens. Mm-hmm. And instead of Mongol, it's Doomsday. 
Metallo, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen Metallo, Metallo in and uh, the leech guy. Parasite. <coughs> oh, I yeah. like Parasite. That was always like a weird drawing. It's a good character. Uh, anyway. Well, depending on who it is. Gary Frank's version I liked. Yeah. Ratings? Uh, a nine. Nine, definitely. Josh is going to give it a 7.75 because it doesn't know. tie into future state. Uh, if you, I don't have the picture on me right now, but there's a uh, variant cover. They did a cardstock uh, variant. That was very um, interesting. I, let me have a look. For this yes, issue? Yes, for this issue. Um, I, I thought the variant was pretty interesting. I I hemmed and hawed for is a it couple Superman, to. Is it Superman with the war paint across his eyes and holding a sword? Uh, that might be it. I'd have to see it again. But I, I almost paid the extra uh, dollar to get yeah. that cover versus this one. Almost, uh, but not quite. I'm Close, a cheap motherfucker. No yeah, that's pretty hot. Tyler's like, I'll be in my bunk. Oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> nah, never mind. It's not it's not gray-haired daddy. I don't know. That almost it. looks like it could have been... Is the cover by Federici? Um, variant cover is by... Julian Totino Tedesco. Oh, I love Totino's pizza rolls. I actually like Tedesco. I recognize. I, their work I recognize the style. I don't know what I've seen. Yeah, it probably on. like Conan the Barbarian or something. A lot of stuff. No, you're gonna like see them in like so many things. You're gonna be like, oh yeah, of course. How did I not recognize yeah. this name? I think I remember the name. Did you give I, it a score? I said eight I'm sorry. And a half. Okay. Cool. Um, shall we move on to Nightwing? Go for it. Yeah. So Nightwing number cool. 87 by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. This issue was the issue that Tom Taylor announced is all one connecting panel the whole way through. Ooh. Yeah. So, Josh, you need to buy a few copies to take the staples out <laughs> to lay it all out in one go. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have to take the staples out. If I buy a few copies, I can just lay issue next to issue next to issue. You can. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's kind of like the X-Men Infinity comics that were released the other month, where it's all just like one scrolling panel. But this is each... Pe yeah, it's just like one long image. And it was so good. I would be surprised if this doesn't get nominated for Best uh, Single Issue. Yeah. Like... Each page is so kinetic, and you just got like Nightwing, like swinging, jumping, doing his acrobatics. Then you see him like going inside buildings, and Josh. Even if you don't read the rest of the run, just read this one issue. Oh, if I have to go buy that issue of Human Target that I didn't notice somehow, maybe, maybe I'll go get a copy of Nightwing. Yeah. Who knows? What's the issue number? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. That's an unremarkable number. It's not even, not even prime. Remarkable, Josh. <laughs> I thought some of the choices were interesting because it does have. It really has to draw on the background. It has to draw on the setting in order to tell that story, but it doesn't detract from it in, uh, in any way. And you can tell that Taylor and Redondo worked so in unison with this issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really like this new Batgirl design. Yeah. It's the perfect blend of old and new. Mm hmm. But yeah, so the story is basically because someone's. Because Dick's running for mayor, um, someone 
indicated to be um, Blockbuster has put a hit out, a bounty out on his head. So he is getting shot at and he's on the run. And the whole issue is basically just him on the run taking down the guys who are after him. But the guys are like such cliche bad guys where they've got like little hats on and they've got the Tommy guns. Very old school Adam yeah. West kind of style, yeah. which I really like. Um, I don't have a whole lot to talk about with this issue because the, it's story, the story is very simple, but the art is just incredible. Agreed, yeah. Um, I will say this. It's interesting seeing a Bat Family book that has so much hope to it. Yeah. And I don't know. I just really like that. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of little details in the book. You see the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo at one point. Kind of. It has like a more of like a Chinese design to it, but yeah. Yeah, but the color scheme is similar and very much flowers on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add to it, really. Sure. Yeah. What did you want to rate it? A (laughs) ten. Really. It's amazing. Okay. Can you fault uh, me for that? No, but I mean, I, I'm gonna give it like an eight point seven five. Personally, that's so low. No, it's not. I'm looking at plot. I'm looking at like what happened with it. There, the way it was told was amazing. The way yeah. that the character, you know, it, it led up to the uh, breaking into the warehouse with Babs. You get and then issues that with... have gimmicks, and sometimes they don't work. But this issue, the gimmick worked well. It really delivered. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I'm not saying it's bad at all. I, I, I'm saying the opposite. I really liked it. I just don't think that it's necessarily like the perfect issue. You know, like I could admit the story was simple, but I can't. It did a perfect job at delivering the story. Yeah. Fair enough. For the plot, the for, for what the plot was, the actual script was written as well as it could have been. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And the way it was delivered was very intentional yeah. for this. Okay, we can move on. If Josh has cool. finished reading Human Target yet? Um, yeah, I'm at page 25, so I think I'm about the end. We can continue um, yeah, praising for it. Bruno Roberts' artwork. Bruno. Bruno. The colorist, Alejandro Sanchez. Thus, oh, wow. My, wow. Oh, it wasn't Sanchez, a, it was Adriana Lucas. Adriana Lucas. Um, yes. And of course, we've got to mention Jessica Barraby, the assistant editor, Ben Abernathy, the edit- group editor. Ben Abernathy. And Jessica Chen, the editor. Jessica Chen. Also, just to do a bit of a throwback, Nightwing was created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. <laughs> Is that what they're saying because of the title? That's weird. Yeah, Nightwing right. was created by them, even though Dick Grayson was Kane and Finger. Whatever, fine. Yeah. It's weird. They do that when they take That's... on a new alias. I guess. I don't know. I mean, does that mean that when Robin becomes, when Damien becomes Batman or becomes whatever, does that mean that it's going to be created by blah 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 instead of Grant Morrison? I don't know. I feel like because Dick Grayson Robin is so drastically different to Nightwing, like, he didn't really become a character until Nightwing. Mm. 
if that makes sense. Well, why do you say that? Before Nightwing, before the 80s, he was very much just a generic sidekick. All of those sidekicks were just interchangeable. G. Willikers, boss. Well, in the old, like, success of the Adam West days, sure, but I, I would say that Teen Titans and especially... But he became early... Nightwing very soon into the Teen Titans run. Was it soon? I thought it was... I thought it was like six or twelve issues in or something. Well, twelve issues, I would say, probably, but... Um... Considering the run went like 80-plus issues. It did go long. Yeah. The Bill Finger stuff with early Batman anything honestly still holds up. It's impressive. I'm, uh, I reread the old, like, very first issues. It's typically like... the Silver Age stuff that doesn't hold up as well. The stuff from the 40s was very grounded. Like Batman, it was these very simple crime stories where he's hunting the Joker or Catwoman who's a cat burglar. They were these very simple stories that have kind of been times because of how simple they are. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? You guys are making me look bad. Cool. You're like, we're gonna oh, jump we need dish. to take 20 minutes to finish our <laughs> reading when I was already done reading. And then at the last minute, you're like, oh, hey, Josh, did you read Human Target? What? It's not our fault you forgot to buy it. Yeah, it's not my fault not I my didn't fault. You notice to this hot pink cover somehow. Somehow. It's very bright. <laughs> Alright, so it is uh, Human Target number 3 by Tom King and Greg Smallwood. Yes, this issue is basically Guy Gardner being a dick to Jesus Christ. Chris, uh, Chris Chance because Chris Chance kissed his girl. That's my girl. This is like... Is it Christopher yeah, Chance? Yeah, Christopher Chance. They make it very clear yeah. several times in the issue. Did you read this mm -hmm. issue, Sean? Which I actually appreciated. Did you Sorry? read this issue, Sean? Huh? I don't know. The cover was hard to miss. Did I read well, it? You didn't know his name was Christopher yeah. Chance. I, I knew. I knew it was Chance, and then I said Chris Chance, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. But Christopher Chance does sound a lot yeah. more. This was an interesting issue, right? Because this this isn't was a lot more fun than anything I've read. I by feel like there's before. stuff that it fun. is fun. Definitely. I feel like there's certain things that are implied that aren't clearly stated for the reader. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is that what you said? Okay. Yeah, please, so things that aren't clearly stated. Uh, I mean, we talk about seeing the face behind the mask, and that's a lead up to the very end. Uh, but he seems to imply something about the water that Booster uses to make his bagels he gets it from all over history he gets his water from somewhere but the way he makes the water there's something there and uh uh <coughs> i'm trying to remember the line another one of the lines probably to do with guy gardner uh oh um we cut away uh right before ice basically breaks through Guy Gardner's barrier. You need that strength, massive, almost inconceivable power to break through a Green Lantern ring's uh, force field. And then we cut away just as she's well, about to break it's... through. And we don't see what happens after that. I think it's more implied as... No, but I think it's also implied that the reason why it's happening is not because she's... 
got a superior power, but because she's breaking his willpower. Mm. I don't right? know if they say anything about willpower. Well, I feel like that's the implication because that's the entire basis for what the yeah. r- rings yeah. are, right? Well, so I think after the first two, that was interesting. two issues, we've come to expect that he knows how to uh, basically fuck with people. He's always in control. He's got a plan to mm-hmm. basically break through. Like he 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 demonstrates this by making guy pull out in his green. Uh, uh, I don't even know convertible. I've seen so much. Some of this is very silly. Uh, it's the, so the green good, car though. that he's conjured up to drive by, uh, he's tricked him into pulling out mm. in front of the garbage truck. Basically, shatters his mm. entire thing. Which I'm realizing something here is this. This is a very big like a. Oh, I love this era of DC, which was the JLI and Guy Gardner being a complete piece of shit yeah. back in the day. And everyone's like, God, why is this guy around? Yeah. You know, <coughs> it's just a, it's, it's not a love letter to the JLI and it's not necessarily set in that time period either, but it definitely is saying, I really love this era of comics and I thought this was fun. And this is like tweaking with that a little bit. And yeah. I kind of dig it. It, it is nice to see things yeah. kind of um, come around full circle when he talks about seeing behind the mask, through the mm-hmm. mask. You know, they. I think Tom King is doing a good job of doing that sort of double meaning. Yeah. I love the scene where we recreate the famous Guy Gardner getting punched. Ah, I wasn't familiar with that. Because in one of the original JLI, in yeah. one of the original JLI issues, Bat, uh, uh, Batman just knocks out Guy. Yeah. Because oh, they never got yeah. along with each other. <laughs> one of my favorite the uh, on the last page. Yeah, one of my favorite moments in comic book history is when Guy Gardner moons Batman outside of the Justice League station in I issue one of the Green out. Lantern Corps. I burst out laughing the first time I read that. That was so good. <laughs> um, so goddamn good. Yeah, one thing I noticed about this issue—not just about this issue, but the series. I think this is the first time we've read a Tom King book with inner character monologue. Narration? We didn't have it in... Yeah, like, the inner narration. Because we didn't get it with Strange Adventures, we didn't get it with Mr. Miracle, we didn't get it with Omega Man. Am I... We definitely well, didn't get we... it in his... We definitely didn't Rorschach? get it in his Batman run. Wait, was that Tom... Got in Rorschach? I don't was remember. it Tom Taylor it's... that did Rorschach? So Rorschach... No, Tom, Tom King. King did Tom Rorschach. King. But in Rorschach, it was... It was... It was more of like a diary, I don't but know. it was still monologue, narration. Yeah, that's the thing, whereas this is like, he's thinking about it as he goes, like, he does that thing where he's talking about um, yeah. falling through a red light, and yeah. then he tricks... I mean, this is and I think it's designed made... to be retrospective, you know, the last thoughts as he yeah. dies. Yeah, but I also think it does add a lot of comedy to the series as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this yeah. is definitely just a lot more fun than anything Tom King's written before that I've read. Mm. It doesn't feel like a Tom King book. No, in some and that's ways. the thing. And even Supergirl, it didn't yeah. feel like a Tom King. It did in places. It had a lot of meta yeah. commentary, but it wasn't a character sat there being sad. Mm. Which I feel he's not really done a lot of, but people seem to think of it as a cliche with him. Yeah, it's it's, it's something he has made fun of himself for yeah. which like when he got uh the announcement that he was going to be doing supergirl he was like get prepared for a character sitting around being I sad think he, you know i think he's got a which... good track record at this point <coughs> he can do a good character deconstruction 
a oh, lot yeah. of his stories revolve around war and mm-hmm. what that does to a character. Like, Omega Men was about him... Well, Sheriff of Babylon was literally a character in a war zone. Omega Men was a character dealing with seeing the atrocities of war and how war changes people. Yeah, and how there isn't really like a universally yeah. good side or a universally bad yeah, side. just everyone's different shade of grey. We had Mr. Miracle, which is about you come back from a war and it's just about the monotony of life and readjusting. Yeah. And can I be a good person and a good father yeah. while still being in a war? Yeah. And then Strange Adventures we had, which was like a character making compromises during war and like how war is glorified and you see it as like this fairy tale kind of is propagandized. Mm-hmm. But in reality it's so dark and it fucks people up. And they have mm-hmm. to make sacrifices and all this. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't really know what he's trying to say with Human Target because it just feels like a fun yeah. book. He's Maybe he's not trying dan- to say yeah, anything. He's, a, he's just He is human, he is mortal, but he's dancing around with all of these superheroes, super powered individuals that could break him. He knows he's already yeah. dead. Uh Ice, Hal, Guy, any of them. He ta- He mentions Hal being not a war buddy, but they had gone in the same circles. John, John Stewart, Stewart. Sorry, yes. John Stewart. Yeah. My bad. You're good. John Stewart. Oh yeah, he re- he references yeah, no, John he did Stewart bring that and up. Hal in this. Hal shows up. So he's well. Shows yeah, up. he says that John Stewart, being a Marine, uh, they he wasn't in the service with John, but they went he to the same area. Was in the same circles. Yeah, so they occasionally took shots together and you know had some time to chit chat and what have you. So um, I am so happy that Greg Smallwood is doing the art in this because I don't think anyone else could have done it as well. It does have that it's vintage. So go- feel it's to gorgeous. It. Doc yes. Shane probably would have done a good job. But yeah. I, I don't want to wait two years for it yeah. to come out. Yeah. And I, Mitch, I, Mitch Gerrards would not have been a good fit at all. Mm-mm. No. I, I really enjoyed the series. There's, there's a lot of things to love about this. This is the more fun issue, but it definitely is still captivating me. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings? Uh, are we done with that? Um, I don't know. Was there um, more to it? Well, there's the title of the issue I wanted to bring up. Uh, chapter 3, what is That it? We Are Come. Oh, well, isn't that referencing uh, Caesar? I don't know. I haven't heard that one. Because Booster Gold uh, travels back in yeah. time. And plus, Tom King really likes yeah. Shakespeare. All right. Um, do you have any explanation for what Booster Gold could have done to the water and how that could tie into the water that made it to Lex Luthor? So he says in the issue that there's only like one other person being Booster Gold that had would have access to future tech that would manipulate hydrogen and oxygen to the degree that Lex Luthor's technology when scanning so the coffee would wouldn't the pick that up. That would have messed with it. Is that the idea? Yes, and because yeah, and because you have you need to have access to that water in order to make that coffee. Okay. It must have been an issue with the water and less of an issue with the beans, yeah. etc. Well, I, I was thinking there was some implication that somewhere in the past there had been this type of water or something. It's It struck me more that Booster Gold being from the future, he would have tech that can like hide itself from like old okay. tech. 
And that was the implication here. All right. We don't so. have to linger on this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't mind it. That's, you're just answer, asking questions. Yeah. Uh, so what are you, you guys just going to give it straight tens or what? Yeah. I'll give it a 9.5. Yeah. I can't fault a single part of this issue, and I think the comedy was amazing. I smiled while reading it. There, there are yep. a lot of great throwaway, cannot... throwaway lines that work. Uh, Ice is telling him, you know, uh, you probably shouldn't drink too much, and then she asks Guy, what's your problem? And he goes, maybe he doesn't drink enough. Yeah, this is a ten. Two tens this week. Okay. Two um, tens, baby. I'm gonna. I, I. I will tread into the nine territory, but probably stay at a nine. Uh, it's a. I, okay. I'm sure this is probably the pick of the week. You know, everything pick of the past two weeks. Uh, yeah. Of what we are talking about. Um. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'm actually going to go with Action Comics as my pick of the week. What was your score for this one? Mine for this was 9.5. Right. Yeah. What did I But the reason why comics? I... Action Comics made me, made me sit there and I just like... Ah, at the end of that. That was so good. Maybe maybe I do enjoy more of the also, I just want stuff. To... Than... And I'm a sad boy, so it makes sense that I... I mean, would, I do like, enjoy that really stuff too. <laughs> Yeah. I uh, All right. I wish we could have talked about Echo Lands. Uh, I've been reading that. J.H. Williams the third and um, at this point I'm just going to read it when it's uh, finished because yeah. it looks amazing. It is amazing. I do want to get into uh, it. And I hope at some point it's visually. I hope interesting. at some point we can talk about it. It's the 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 extra backup material is interesting as well. Uh, Maybe another day, you know, hopefully another day we will get to talk about it, but I've been reading that. There's five issues out right now. Out of how many? I don't know how many it's going to be. Um, I think the next issue might be the end of the arc. This is something they've been okay. working on for, they said, 15 years. The concept started 15 years ago. So. Uh, okay. We'll see. I want to... Cool. Um, so we did picks of the week. Uh, you're doing uh, shoutouts. With Josh's human target as well? Yes. I picked human target. Cool. Uh, I wanted to bring up Manifest no. Destiny. Uh, this is issue 45. No. Uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> two issues in two years. Ooh. Slow down. Slow down, guys. Ooh. Last issue came out in June. Who's writing this, Jonathan Hickman? Yes, right? Um, Worse. It's, it's such a somber issue. And I, I don't want to... I don't need to get into the issue at all. I just wanted to talk about the back matter where they apologize for the delays. They have their plans. They're working on the stuff. They say the next issue is in April. We'll see you in April when the next issue is set to come out. And I'm like, what the fuck, guys? What the hell is going on here? Because you need to go talk. I actually wrote in about this because I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, Image Comics has solicited the next three issues one issue a month for the next three months. So you got to kind of temper expectations because you're saying one issue is coming in April, whereas Image thinks, you know, we're getting the next three issues, January, February, and March. Yeah. It's on it's, the Image website. It's not it's, like it's, previews it's, is getting it wrong or something. 
No, I understand. It's a combination of an issue with Skybound and this writer who cannot stick to a schedule. He's, he's so busy doing your plot um, schedule. Shit, not Umbrella Academy, but um, what's the HBO show? I don't know. The... God. Oh, Doom Patrol. Uh, Doom yeah, Patrol? He's, he's a writer. He's writer creator for Doom Patrol. He, okay, he, but that's fine, this is, but this, this is, is a not something project. that is... I get that. They got to go out. They got to make the money to pay the bills. But tons of artists... This could yeah, have paid the bills, tons too. Tons of writers and artists have learned the lesson that you don't release something like this until you've got everything done. Like, Mark Miller has learned this lesson several times, and now he actually sticks to it, where he gets all of the issues ready to go before he releases them. They're not making money off of this, so it's not like they stand to lose money if they wait and hold on to these issues. I know people who are more dedicated to ElfQuest than this book at this point, and I... This was a cool idea, but it's taking too goddamn long. It's been like, what, they five, six years that it's been out? 2013. Yeah, dude, what the fuck? That's almost 10 years and 45 issues. Yeah. That's fucked. So I just wanted to bring that up. Like, what the hell no. is going on here? I know. I know. I hear you. No, it's frustrating for me, too, because I, like I said, I actually picked up the first couple of issues. I was yeah. very entertained. Yeah. Sean, do you have any uh, shout-outs? Um, I think that was all I read this week, really. Um, okay. Check. Uh, I'm just going to Oh, I read Devil's Wings, too, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Chips Darsky's event is so, so good. Cool. Buy cool, everything cool, cool. Chips Darsky puts out, people. You got everything. it, baby. I read uh, Jeff Lemire's Green Hell Swamp Thing. Holy fuck. I was going to read it, but just didn't have time. It's goddamn brutal, dude. dude. Like, it's it. brutal like Garth Ennis brutal. It's intense. Also, damn, Doug Mankey on art really came through on this one. I was very impressed there with this. There were some good shots. I'm, gu- I'm really looking forward to picking it up in person. Is that uh, yeah. did you break Old Man Constantine uh, at the end, I think? Yes. Have you guys both read it? Talk about it. I, I skimmed through I skimmed No, he through hasn't it read it. He skimmed it. Shop. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a very interesting plot, but I really dig it. And it's kind of nice to have a Jeff Lemire plot that has a plot plot instead of just like, hey, kids... <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, you wanna be sad? You know? So Yeah, basically. Hey sad kids. You remember how your dad died? That's the whole book. That's it. Um alright, well I think that that's pretty much it. Do we yeah. wanna just uh wrap it up and talk about next week's books? Yeah. So next week we have the first issue of the Shadow of the Bat event from Detective Comics. Okay. Um it also okay. has a backup called House of Wayne by Matt Rosenberg. Alright, maybe I'll get okay. it. Um, it's a three-month weekly event, Josh. Yeah. That's a no. <laughs> I'm dropping Batman. I, I thought I'd... All Batmans. Even the Josh Williamson one? All of them. Gone. No Batman forever. Yeah, Josh, I thought I'd warn you about that before you buy it, and you're like, oh, is this going to be a four-issue mini? No. Like, fucking... Oh, all the tie-ins and everything. Weekly. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah, we've got Batman 119, which is Josh Williamson's second issue. We have Dark Knights of Steel number three. We have Superman Son of Kal-El number six. Oh, finally. Nice. We I was have... wondering where, when that was going to come yeah. back around. 
We got the annual break. instead of an issue. Yeah. We have the Noctera Blacktop Bill special. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, we have Justice League Incarnate number three. Uh, Arkham City, The Order of the World number four. Something Josh and I are very excited for, which is the Joker Puzzle Box number six. Oh, weird. That's not on my list. Ugh. It's not coming up as something for next week. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. I, I, there's Let's there's two issues left, right? <laughs> it's so bad. It's a 12 issue. I thought there were 14 half issues it's, that got completed. It's 14 digital issues, yeah. Which will be seven main yeah. issues. Ugh. Uh, um, we have the next Black, White, and Blood book, which is Electra. Oh, right. Black, White, and Red. Uh, this features okay. Black, stories from Charles Soule. Yeah. From Charles Soule and uh, Declan Shelby and a few others. Yeah. I haven't been getting any of the other ones. I think I stopped after the first two. No. I'm not even sure I got the last Deadpool. No, wait. I did get a Deadpool. I got the Venom. I got the Wolverine. So I stopped somewhere after, like, the first Deadpool. Yeah. Um, we have the last issue of the first Ordinary Gods arc, number six. It is the last one, World I swear. On number two. Um, we have anything else interesting coming? That I know of. Um, it's um, not much going on, but it's January. This is kind of the normal well, thing. Well, I'm surprised we had so much comics. stuff this week. It was the fifth week, fifth Wednesday in December between two holidays. And there were still, yeah. like, I guess we just picked the right things to come out. I mean, we, we really should get caught up on Thor. I think I'm going to get caught yeah. up on Thor this week. This issue is called, this arc is called God of Hammers, which I just yeah. love. Yeah, it looks very He is not God of Hammers, he is God of Thunder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, have um, you guys read Paper Girls? What else is there? It's on yeah, the of course. I bought them all, I still haven't read them, but if they're going to make a TV show out of it, I think we should read it at some point. Yeah. I've already read it, so it's, I've, I've enjoyed it. Brian K. Vaughn. It is on the list. I think I the ending was good. At some point. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, Magic. All right. Well, I think that that's it for next week then. And yeah. at that point, I think we can just call Great. it good here. Yeah. So this has been the Cult of Comics podcast. It is Sunday, January 2nd. And this has been our Comic Book Club episode. You can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, all the podcast locations as well. Uh, you can check us out on Anchor.fm and Patreon to do your monthly contributions to hop up on our Discord chat. First person who wants to hop into the Discord gets in for free and gets to have access to conversations with us. Yay. What a joy. And we are kind of on Twitter. I mean, mostly we're going to try to get the uh, account back on for the podcast back up that's on Twitter. I don't know resolution. what we're going to do about that. That's that's the New Year's resolution at this point. But I will let you know, uh, I am going to be extremely swamped for the next six months because uh, I am graduating in six months and I am going to be employed. <laughs> I know. He got an internship. I'm going to be the editor in chief of my magazine. For nothing. I did. Uh, I'm actually going to get paid $2,000. That's comedy. Ah. Big bucks. And... <laughs> That's subsequent. So I've got the internship going on, but then I've also got this upcoming job starting in two days. Good uh, Where I'm the editor-in-chief of the magazine. Uh, so I'm going to be... I know, right? Tomorrow I'm hosting my first meeting, so that's going to be interesting. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't I'm gonna see be up you going as like, Go team! Thinker, so... 
that'll be interesting. That's funny you say that because I don't see you as a person. Kind of late in the game to be bringing that up. Yeah. All right, this has been the Cult of Comics Podcast. Have a good rest of your day. Hey, uh, Hail Satan. I don't know why I said that. Hail <laughs> Stay safe. Hail Chip Zdarsky. Hail Alan Zdarsky. Moore. Uh, make a small sacrifice to Bendis because we know that that's the only way he's making money these days is sacrifices. And Happy New Year's to you. May your 2022 be not full of Omicron and, and new variants. Uh, yeah. Stay safe out there. Have an awesome rest of your day.